Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And I'm Ruth. And today we're talking about presentations. But before we do that, Claire, tell me, how was your week? My week was great. I wanted to give another shout out to One Thing at a Time, <gasps> which I talk about all the time because I always need to remember it. I feel like we right need to trademark it's... it. We'll be like our, <laughs> yeah. our trademark approach, One Thing at a Time. So. <laughs> it's so good. So right now it's the beginning of the semester. And I'm suddenly getting all the emails and all the things that need to be done, all these little things. And it's just so easy to start trying to jump between 10 things at once. I know. And, um, and then, so I'm trying to just take the pauses. If a pause comes, I don't need to check my email. Just be more calm and relaxed. Just do one thing at a time. You know, I was feeling like at the end of the days, just like automatically I was getting into kind of a jump from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, state. And then in the evenings, I felt like I needed the whole evening just to like let my brain process all the things that it jumped between that day. Um, so anyway, one thing at a time. I'm actually, we'll get I'm, to the next thing later. <laughs> I'm really glad you're bringing this up because I have been kind of frantic on uh-huh. at the moment. And again, like I'm just doing that thing to myself and I'm like, oh, I'm recording lecture six, but what about lecture seven and eight? Oh my God, I'm excited. It's like... Okay, I can't. Yes. Right now, it's lecture six. Yes. How great that you're recording lecture six. Lecture six is going to be a good lecture. Let's do lecture six. Yeah, totally. You know, back yeah. in the day, there used to be like tapes, like sort of almost hypnosis tapes that you could oh, buy. Oh, so, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I need you to make one for me. It's just you being like, it's okay, one we're thing. doing lecture, fill in the blank, and then whatever it is. Whatever yeah. you're doing, that's the thing you're doing. Focus on that one thing. Yeah, totally. That would be a good tape, just to have it yes. in the background periodically. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we should make that. <laughs> um, how was your week? My week was really good. So um, did I tell you on here about the three bad things? I don't remember. Tell I us. think. Well, okay. So I just generally, I'm a very superstitious person. And oh, yes. I kind three of thought like bad things come right. trees. Okay, yes. So I kind of thought like I'm just a superstitious person. And then now that I've come home here, I'm like, oh no, Ireland is a superstitious country. <laughs> and so I ventured yesterday to get my hair cut. And okay. which, you know, felt like a bit of a thing, because I'm definitely still COVID paranoid. But um anyway, I felt safe and the people were really nice. And as I was leaving, the lady who cut my hair was like, Oh, wait, do you know your cardigans on inside out? I was like, okay, well, that's that's like every second day for me. So, yes. And I was going to fix it. And she was like, no, stop. That's good luck. You can't. It's good luck that you had your cardigan on inside it. She's like, you need to go and play the lottery. And huh? I was like, okay. And then later on with the girls, I was like, well, will we do it. We should buy a lottery ticket because it was like this big lottery or whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway, we won 50 euro. So, what? yeah. So there you go. That was all the squandered opportunities where I regularly had my cardigan on inside out and I hadn't And you just turned it, it right side out. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you can't turn it around. That's the thing because I was going to fix it and she was like, no, you have to no, leave, leave it that it. way. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And wow. Yeah. So there you go. But I forgot like just the level. I love it so much, but there's something That's for awesome. everything. Like... 
if you know you drop your tea cup this way like this might happen or uh-huh. you know all those things so yeah that sounds fun i also remember someone i was walking to school with got um pooed on by a pigeon uh-huh. and all these people are like it's okay it's good luck and you're like is it though or are you just trying to cheer up the person who got <laughs> pigeon poo on them anyway so yeah. that's one that i have heard is the good luck the pigeon poo i had never I feel like I absorb those things and I'm always on the watch out for them, but I've never heard the cardigan one. So no, now I, I haven't know. either. Well, now you know. There you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> go great. buy a lottery ticket. I love it. So yeah, there you have it. But um, yeah. So do you have a quote for us today? I do. And I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, like that I'm kind of obsessed with this new podcast that I'm listening to called oh, you, yes. you Are Good. And it's about movies and feelings. Um, okay. Which are things I like, both of those things. And it's even <laughs> to the point that I like it so much, I'm actually listening to ones that are about movies I've never watched and probably oh, will cool. never watch. And so I just listened to an episode about The Thing, which I have such, like, unbelievable startle reflex. Like, I can't watch scary movies at oh, all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know I can't watch it. But anyway, the episode is very interesting and very good. And the host, Alex Steed had this really good quote that really feels resonant for our profession. So Mm -hmm. it is uh, most people's behavior is just them surviving at you. And so Mm. I needed to hear that this week because like, again, just students finding their footing and Mm -hmm. stuff can be rather irate in emails. And so Mm -hmm. um, it is good to remember that Mm -hmm. I take everything very personally so mm-hmm. I need to not do that and just remember they're just trying to get through their day. They're stressed. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not necessarily an inherent reflection on me. So, Oh, I love that. It's reminding me so much of this book that Ralph's been reading called The Four Agreements, which talks a lot about that. Where like whatever anyone else is doing is actually a reflection on them and what, what's going on in their lives right now and how they feel about whatever it is. It doesn't really mean anything about you, even if they're talking about you. Totally. It's what's going on with the, that's, that's such a great, I mean, my goodness, how know, unintuitive. But I know, true. totally. And it just always feels like it's, yeah. Anyway, I'm super, super into this podcast. So much so, I actually, they had an episode I watched. Did you, were you into the movie Titanic? I never watched it. I was like, oh, well, you know, it's going to end I, in tragedy. Why yeah, would I watch that? <laughs> but um, I hadn't seen it since I'd seen it. Like, I, it's always been... Like, I've seen bits and pieces of it on the TV, but I've never seen uh-huh. it since I saw it in the cinema. Uh-huh. And so it actually inspired me to go and watch it again. And I was like, this is amazing. This oh, is amazing. Cool. So, yeah, it was very good. That's awesome. Yeah. And I told you they gave me back The Lost Boys. So, like, anyway, mm-hmm. it's, this podcast is amazing. I love it so much. Cool. Yeah. But I'm having a scarcity mindset where I'm realizing... Like, I'm running out. I'm running out of episodes. Oh, there's only so many episodes left. Are they still making new ones? They are, yes. Well, that's good, at least. So, okay, tell me, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about oral presentations. Yes. And um, I'm thinking about, so we're we're assigning oral presentations to our students and what, um, what, what's working best and what are we working on for helping them get the best experience out of that possible. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Ruth? No, yes, that's perfect. And cool. Just like as a side note, mm-hmm. did you find it like I found oral presentations horrific as an undergraduate? Like 
you know, honestly, right up until like, very recently, <laughs> I feel like it would have been like I had to memorize what I was going to say because I could mm-hmm. not think mm-hmm. when I was standing. You know what I mean? And like, so mm-hmm. I found them deeply traumatic. So did you or what was your experience with oral What was my experience? I don't think I found them traumatic, um, but I did. I had this strategy which wasn't really, I mean, it was effective for what my goals were. My strategy was to memorize what I was going to say and say it really quickly so that probably nobody understood it, but it sounded like I knew what I was talking about, and then we were done. (laughs) That is 100% my strategy. Yes. Okay. I know that you're like, I was fine. I was super calm. I just had this plan. (laughs) I did this thing. So, yeah, okay. Exactly. Oh, you didn't, you know, nobody's going to ask a question because probably I (laughs) talked about that. They just missed it because I went so fast. (laughs) I love it. I hope Um, you've kept that up for your teaching. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, okay, sorry, I'm getting a bit too giddy there. Okay, yeah, (laughs) I like it. So what do you find works potentially not that strategy but what does what works now for teaching <laughs> yeah what works from the other side for teaching presentations um i have a few a few smaller things um one thing is i feel like the main thing that i want my students to get out of these presentations is the experience of presenting and so therefore i feel very comfortable grading kind of easily you know yeah, yeah. if you got up there and you did it then you definitely passed and um you probably at least got to be, you know, I, I feel like mostly I just want them to get up there and present. Um, but uh, a couple other things. I, I have a rubric kind of like I have for my written assignments. And I like having that because if they do mess up in some area enough that I want to take off points, I feel like it's really good that they see that the other areas they did well on and this is just one area to work on or, or something like that. Um, one thing that I really do care about with presentations um, is being the right length of time. Yes. And I don't know, this feels, when I say it, I feel like it's kind of a random, hard-ass thing to pick. I but don't think I don't know, so. when you're out, you don't think so? Yeah. I mean, no. if you're if you're giving a professional presentation, you need to be the right length. That's part of being a professional, you know? Oh, I think it's huge. I think that's huge. And I think, okay, just side, like, yeah. I also, like, worked with someone a few years ago and we were doing a class and she was incredibly like no we have to finish at exactly the right time and I was like Mm -hmm. "Eh, you know give or take a few minutes and she really got it into my consciousness that it's respecting people's time Mm -hmm. to have everything finish at the exact right time and I really hadn't thought of it that way before which makes me sound like a jerk but (laughs) like but just that and it's it's really yeah it shows Okay, sorry. I'm going to come to all this, but it shows a care. Yes. That I think is really important. And I do, I I don't think it's arbitrary. I think it's really important. I mean, yeah, like you think about going to scientific conferences, it's going to be 12 minutes. And if it's 13 minutes, you get the yellow light. And then, you know, I don't know, at some point it turns to a red light and you're, you're out. And, you know, like, I don't know, it seems like, so anyway, I really wanted to get them practicing, knowing how long their talk was going to be and get it to the right length. Um, so I, I finally hit on last semester uh, a way of doing that that I found was, was what I wanted to do. So I told them their presentation was between five and eight minutes, which was kind of a big range. And I said, um, if they were more than a minute too short or more than a minute too long, they would start losing points. And I, I would like let that. them know. You know, if they were stopping and they were too short, I would be like, you might want to keep talking. If they were, you know, 
getting if they were within a minute of losing points and um, they were still going strong, I'd let them know so they could wrap it up. And really, I didn't have to do that to anybody, but I just made it really clear in advance that this is the time frame that you need to hit um, so that they they would think about that. And I, I feel good about that. I, I do want them to practice I think it's that. super important. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention was um, I've been doing a presentation and a written paper on the same topic for Ooh. a few years. And I really like that um, the way it's been working is the presentation is due usually before the paper, and that's the way that I like it to be. And then it's kind of like their presentation is a draft of their ideas for the paper. And they have to, you know, they, they do a good job on it because they're presenting it to the class. And then that. I can give them some suggestions of things to improve for the paper. And I don't feel like I need to take points off at the presentation stage because I'm just saying, oh, you know, fix that for the yeah. paper. Um, so I really like that combo. And it feels like, I don't know if this is true, but it feels like for a presentation... It really forces some storytelling that mm-hmm. doesn't always, I mean, it should be in a paper, but it doesn't always, like, it's really cool to kind of force them to come up with that storytelling before the paper. That's a good I point. really like that. Mm-hmm. I like it too. That is very cool. Cool. So what's working for you? Yeah, so I think I haven't, like, had that many presentations in class, which I kind of regret, and I think is a, I think it's a really good thing. I think there's two main aspects for me to people learning how to do presentations and one okay. is the fear and the like mm-hmm. just sweaty anxiety of being in the oh front of gosh, the room yeah. and so um and then I think the other is it's sort of interesting when you said it like I don't think the content is necessarily that important I think my biggest uptightness about watching presentations and like grading presentations is that you've pitched it to the audience you're supposed to do you know what I mean and so having okay you yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like having some really obscure stuff, even if you could explain it, which often isn't the case, but when it's meant to be for a general audience, like that mm-hmm. really annoys me just like fundamentally. But I think okay. it's like your thing with the time where I think like there needs to be a care to the, like the, the content is important, but it's just, it's not the main thing, right? Like I think thinking mm-hmm. about your audience, making sure that you have, like if you just had to finish mid-sentence it's really just it's not serving your audience like you haven't explained anything to them do you know what I mean and if you pitch it completely at the wrong level Mm -hmm. like there's no point in blinding middle schoolers with some random physics derivation like that's really not the point of the whole thing so it's another example of being professional you have to know who you're talking to totally Mm -hmm. right and and again like this might be a bit of my prejudice but I feel like there is a little bit of an issue with physics already where it's like oh it's it's so hard and mysterious and I see. you know I feel like that kind of attitude in a talk really is not helping the physics community anyway so the thing that worked for me was more with the first thing with confidence and just getting used okay. to so I did a thing so I had this one class where I had gotten feedback before that there wasn't enough information about applications of the physics okay and so I started doing this thing called InfoBlast. I made up the name and I was really proud of myself. But um, <laughs> I like it. Well, it was like lab groups each week. They had to like find an application of what we were doing mm-hmm. and then do an incredibly short presentation. Cool. Like I think it was three minutes. 
mm-hmm. each. So it didn't end up taking up that much time in lab. And mm-hmm. then the whole point, this sounds really weird, but the whole point was you kind of couldn't do a polished sort of presentation. Mm-hmm. So the idea was more just to get used to standing up there and doing the cool. thing. Do you know? And yeah. And then we had like the timer and stuff and they would prepare it. And it, for some reason, I mean, this was like, I say this, but this was just one of those magical classes where I had just the mythical buy-in and everyone was really helpful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it actually worked super well and people were like cackling and people were hilarious and just so <laughs> interesting. And like one guy shared oh, all this okay. stuff about his experience in a submarine and the length contraction of the submarine. And they had wow. like a washing line hanging and how it would sag as they went further down. Which ah, obviously that stuck with me. Right? Like, that's he, awesome. I know. What a great application. It was so cool. And so, you know, it, it was really effective and that was good. And I think, I think the part that worked was that there was like, it was going to be funny and there was no expectation of a polished yes. sort of thing. So I think that was good in addressing fear and sort of anxiety. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. I and, love that. And then I have more things to complain about. Okay. Well, I have more questions about how you did this awesome thing, which is like, how did you make it so casual? Like, did you grade it? I think we graded it. (laughs) So I don't know if I would say this now, but the grading thing was like, if you don't die while you're standing there, then you get Mm -hmm. full credit, basically. So it was. And then I think later on, again, this was just this really nice class that had good faith and actually did prepare stuff. So I didn't have to Mm -hmm. grade it in any other rubric. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. kind of worked out. And so, and they're kind of, and I I don't totally, the first week they were more nervous. And then I think when they got what it was about, they got less nervous as they went on. Totally. Well, I love the repeated, short, low Mm -hmm. stakes presentations. I mean, that's bound to get you more comfortable doing presentations, right? Yeah. It's wonderful. So, yeah, I think it, it, that was really effective and it was good and jolly and, yeah. But again, I might be attributing some of that to me and the, the assignment when it was actually just that class. And well, it was do a you tiny think you class. got any buy-in? Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, no, go ahead. You. Do you think you got more buy-in because of this assignment? Like, Maybe. what's the cause and effect here? I yeah. think, yeah, and I think they, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. They definitely, mm-hmm. like, yeah. That class is yeah. like, I wish I could almost like spend the rest of my life just studying like why it worked and <laughs> who knows, like it's kind of a mystery, but like. That is, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I had like just, you know, like you can have a couple of bad apples. Mm-hmm. That year I just had these amazing golden glowing apples who <laughs> just elevated everything. You know what I mean? Oh, that's and so, wonderful. Yeah. I wonder if we could hire some golden apples to just. influence our classes (laughs) yeah totally I think we're gonna have to so tell me what are you working on more yeah I'm working on um I feel like I have a lot of ideas of what makes a good presentation that I don't communicate at this point to my students you know I have I have a rubric I have some guidelines but I have more ideas than I've put on there and I'm just wondering what the best way is to um give these ideas because I feel like it would be helpful for them to see these ideas even if maybe it's too many ideas that I might give them at once for them to incorporate I I still would like them to see them so I don't know just like some examples are like 
not waving the laser pointer around, oh, but gosh, using it yeah. <laughs> to direct the eyes very intentionally, like plan where it's going to go in advance so that yeah. everyone's looking where you want them to look. Um, text. I'm all about hardly any text. Me Just too. like a couple bullet points that you're expanding on, but also put the key takeaway on the slide. Um, and remind us where every idea fits into the bigger picture all the time. And then transition sentences between ideas. So anyway, these are all, you know, things that um, I feel like might be helpful for me to tell them explicitly are things that I find very effective for presentation. So I'm just wondering what the best way is to communicate a bunch of ideas like that. Like, do I just slap them onto my guidelines as general good practices suggestions or... Um, or what, you know? <laughs> I, that's really interesting. Because, I mean, some things, as you're saying, is there's some things like I know, but I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like I jumped all over it when you said the thing about timekeeping, because I was like, yes, <laughs> timekeeping, that is really important, even though I don't know if I've ever actually, like, articulated that to myself. Like, right, so there's, right. and even all these things you're saying, I'm like, absolutely, the laser pointer. for re And then you're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that before. So... Is this in, so is, do your students do just one presentation in the semester? They do, unfortunately. I, I haven't, um, I mean, I say unfortunately, I would love to have more repeated oral oh, presentations, know, but I just have focused on other yeah. things, you know. This is so where, we just have like, one. I wish, and I do, it would be such a huge job of work, but I wish there was like, you could have this sort of, when you're doing a science degree, you need to have communication be mm -hmm. a thread through. And then it'd be so cool if it was decided, okay, in their very first chemistry class, they're going to learn this skill set. And you know what I mean? Like it would build throughout and which is just impossible and it'd be so much work for everyone to figure it out. But sure. Because you're right, there's I mean, so but many that's pieces a good point. of information. Even though we haven't maybe decided all these different chemistry classes are going to have these particular things that they're gonna learn. They do do, you know, maybe they just do one presentation in my class, but they're doing other presentations in your class or whatever other classes. And so they are practicing. And I feel like even though, you know, it would be impossible for me to communicate all my thoughts on presentations to all my students, they will get some of them and then they'll totally. get some from the next person. So, so even though we haven't built it extremely scaffolded, they, I'm sure that's happening, you know? I wonder too, again, this is work, but um, I wonder, you know, you mentioned before like peer reviews in a different mm -hmm. episode. I wonder, could this be a thing that could be like, you have to practice with someone else and then here's some mm -hmm. checklist of things to watch out for. Like, are you blinding people oh. with a laser pointer or have I like you? That. And then the other person could grade it and be like, oh, on slide three, you didn't really mention why that was important to the overall... Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, could that be a thing? That's that a fun could... idea. I really do like that idea. Well, that's because mm -hmm. that's something I. I'll tell you in a minute. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder is <laughs> well, there some way of like having your rubric be or the guidelines, but then also you could have like a checklist of like, uh -huh. here are some annoying things people do in presentations that mm -hmm. suck. Mm -hmm. Don't do those. Yeah, anything. things to things to watch for that could be suggestions for how to yeah. improve. Yeah, I really like that idea. Yeah. So what okay. you're going to expand on it. What are you working on? <laughs> well, so the main, it, so, okay, the main place I've encountered 
presentations has been like our capstone project, which is just a presentation. Uh huh. And the biggest issue is convincing people to practice their presentation. And oh. people, like, I get it. Like, it's sort of mortifying, but it's so mm-hmm. much more mortifying to be standing up and clearly be saying all of these things for the very first time. Uh huh. So I would love to have some kind of peer practice session mm-hmm. as being essential. Like you cannot proceed unless you mm-hmm. have practice with someone. Do you know what I mean? I'm, that's. I think that sounds great. I'm pretty sure. I've never taught our department's capstone class, but I'm pretty sure that's part of it. Where it's like. You must, like, here's the spot where you set up a time for your practice talk and you need at least three people to say they're going to come and you have to oh, go to however many people's so... practice talks. Well, and I, I something think else I like idea. about your department, because um, isn't a portion of that class also watching seminars and then having Yeah, you some have to come to everyone else's seminars and also a few, like, faculty you know, ones. Faculty I, seminars. Yeah, and then it seems like I gave one. And it seemed like there was like a discussion, not with me there, luckily, but like, was that a good presentation or what was good or bad about it? And I think that's really effective. But mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the practicing is huge. I think that's I think so. super essential. I think, um, I guess one other thing I would like in presentations and oral presentations is I would like us to teach some aspect of poster presentation, which we did okay. in our the class you and me taught, but not everybody has to take that. And so that was think, like a first year seminar kind of class. Right. It might be cool to do that as well later on. Yeah. Totally. I think there should be a poster aspect to it. And then the big thing I'm working on, and like, I think you kind of touched on this, which is super helpful, but grading and just mm-hmm. the idea of like, I, like I can never go to stand up comedy. Do you know what I mean? Because it makes <laughs> me so uncomfortable and embarrassed, yeah. you know, and I actually feel like there's an emotional cost through sitting through some student presentations because they stress Mm. me out so much. And like, it's so hard for some people that it feels really mean to be like, well, you really sucked up there. That was terrible. (laughs) Like, you know, so and like, I really like the idea of having a rubric, but there's something. But maybe I have more of a rubric in my head than I think. So, like, I think the timekeeping is really important. I think pitching it to the right level. Like, there's a lot more things beyond being a smooth operator up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think that's one of the benefits, actually, of the rubric, is if you can get those pieces down, like what are the things you really value about the presentations, then, yeah, if somebody's really floundering with actually presenting, but you can say, well, the content was good and it was at the right level for the audience, um, then you have quite – and it was the right time, then, then, well, you got 10 out of 10 on a bunch of things. That's a really good point. Yeah. But, yeah – that's interesting. Yeah. Practicing. I know I never wanted to practice. Like no, in undergrad, we had seminars. They were just 10-minute long senior seminars about our research projects. And my friend, Blaze, did practice in front of me. And he wanted to practice. And that was great. And he offered to do the same. But I was like, no, I do not want to practice. <laughs> I and I did. But what I did, and this I think was effective in a similar way to practicing, was I practiced by myself, like just I figured out all the words I wanted to say and when I wanted to hit the next button and all that. Totally. So I had a really well-planned-out presentation, but I just practiced by myself. Now, of course, that's not as I'm not getting the feedback of whether it's coming across the way I want it to, but at least I've planned it out. So I don't know if we could somehow... I feel like that's a 
acceptable substitute you know and there is ways now right that you can record yourself so like Uh that's super helpful it's just and I've definitely done this where you're like oh yeah I know what I'm gonna say it's fine and (laughs) you're like you don't have any idea what you're gonna say and it's not but the other thing though I think it is harder to practice by yourself ultimately like taking away the mortification factor but Mm -hmm. like you forget that you will be in conversation with people and that's easier for sure that's true. So there is that. But um, yeah, I'm the same. And it's the same. Like I always say to students about their grad school application. And I'm like, listen, do you really want the first people who read this to be the people and not? Right. You know, I know. And they're like, yeah, I do. I'd rather that. Uh-huh. I'm like, I know I get that. That's me too. It's the same with jobs where you're like, no, it's better for people who don't know me to think I'm a moron than people uh-huh. who do know me. So, yeah, I really get Even that. though the people you know are going to be like, oh, I, I understand. Oh, totally. This wasn't it's figured a, out properly. More, That's fine. More yeah. embarrassing. But, yeah. But this is super helpful because it's like when I started this, I was like, I have no idea how I grade these. And then now after a mm-hmm. conversation, I'm like, oh, actually, I do have yeah. things that I think are important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and yeah. I think it makes sense. Like I hadn't thought about explicitly that speaking to the correct audience thing, mm-hmm. but totally, of course, that's incredibly important. And it, I think coming up with some explicit things like that, first of all, is helpful for ourselves grading, but also is helpful for the students to see what those things are totally yeah yeah I think and again it's one of these things that I know this is like my thing that I'm always moaning about but there's just like we have to cut out other things right if we value communication you know what I mean like then yeah maybe you will spend a week on presentations and it is valuable because it's such Mm -hmm. a crucial skill totally you know by the end of all of this that we, yeah. you know, if you're going to be a functioning scientist, that you'll be able to explain stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you, Claire. That was super helpful. Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.